Vaiguru ka Khalsa, Vaiguru ki Fateh. So today is going to be the first episode of Sangat Talks, which is basically a new podcast series that I'm bringing up. And I'm just going to be kind of interviewing a member of the Sangat and getting their take and their experience on their Sikhi. So today I'm going to be interviewing my dad and asking him about his experience with Sikhi. So firstly, can you tell me about your journey into Sikhi with was your family already in Sikhi beforehand? How did you get into Sikhi? Okay. Um, uh, when we were very young, uh, we went into Sikhi. Uh, and uh, by Guru's grace, uh, we did um, move into, gradually moving into Sikhi. Uh, we took Amrit at an early age. And um, we, we started that journey when we when I was roughly around about, I think, about 11 or 12 years old. How did that come about? We met some people, um, and they had uh, told a little bit about Sikhi, as far as I know, um, and they, that inspired us to start changing our lives. So taking them, was that something that you did off your own back, or was it something that you were told to do, or what was it like? Um, taking number uh, at the time uh, it seemed to be the right thing to do. Uh, we had um, um, but we had seen a few changes in our family, which made, you know, um, uh, it wasn't something which we would question. We just thought it was the the route to go. Uh, as uh, when we seen certain changes in my life, uh, my dad used to be an alcoholic. And um, once um, we had seen his uh, love towards Sikhi and the change in our lifestyle because of him um, not being alcoholic anymore and his whole mindset changed, our whole uh, family life changed because of it as well. Um, did you have any doubts when you're going into take them with though? Was it just a, that this is it, this is what I want to do? There was nothing that hold, holding you back? There was nothing, and, and what we were just, we were going to go and do it. I remember um, a few days beforehand, we'd be cleaning everything out of the kitchen and eat like meat products and everything at the house, and uh, there was no regrets in that sense, as far as I remember. Um, it was. Uh, a very happy time because the whole family took Amrit that day. I know that you did Amrit St. Charles Seva, you used to do it here. Uh, what age did you start that and what was that like actually be, uh, being able to bless somebody else with through Seva with Amrit? Yeah, Amrit St. Charles Seva was, uh, was done after I was married. Um, I can't remember exactly what age I was, uh, but must have been around about thirty odd year old, something like that, and uh, it again it was something, which was almost like natural progression from, uh, where we were and we felt, um, a very important, savor, of, bringing, people who wanted to come into Sikhi, uh, in the way the Guru has instructed us to, you know, instructed people to come into Sikhi is via the Amsterdam. And you said, um, 
this is after you married. How did you find marriage affected your security? Strengthen it? How was it? It definitely strengthens it, uh, but there's uh, challenges along the way as there is in any marriage. Uh, there's going to be a debate um, on many things. Some things you won't question yourself, but then when someone else asks you, it uh, can also um, make you approach it sometimes from a different angle. Uh, even your opinion can be changed because of what other people in your life um, feel, uh, how, it, how their opinion uh, needs to be heard as well. So the word in itself was a key word, a proper Sikhi word, and like, is it both being blessed with Amrit? And then you did, um, so it's a proper Anand guarded in that sense. There was no kind of like, oh, um, you haven't took Amrit, you're just doing it in a Gudvara. Because I know a lot of people now accept the kind of fact that you can do an antkaraj. You can do a wedding in a sikhudvara, do lava, but it's not an antkaraj because they're not both anmatari. Mm -hmm. So do you believe that that shouldn't happen? So when um, uh, I got married, it was in India. It was actually in a school. Um, it was in the presence of the Guru um, and we didn't question that at the time that was in like 1994 I know there's lots of other things uh, which have happened uh, which have made people think that you can't bring uh, the Guru's Prakash in certain places which I totally agree with uh, but at the time the reason why we um, had the Anand Karaj there um, uh, was um, I can't remember the reasons why, but again, I wasn't questioning it at the time when we were uh, getting married. This was the date it was set. This is where we were going to have the marriage. Um, but there was nothing um, against uh, this, uh, the Sikh Anand happened before, during, or after um, the Anand Karaj. So we didn't have it, uh, an ulterior motive. Uh, to have it in a place thinking we can do certain things like before, during or after. It was just so that it was, um, you could say, almost like a controlled environment. Mm -hmm. So what do you believe as a Sikh is the purpose of your life? It's to meet God while we're alive. And how do you do that? To listen to what the Guru's instructions are through... Um, understanding what the Guru's message is and trying to live your life um, the best you possibly can in that principle of um, what the Guru's message is and having the correct or correct approach in uh, devotion and doing things without an ulterior motive or a sinister motive behind it. So what would you say is the Guru's message? Like, if you meant, if you had to summarise it, how would you say it? I know there's a lot of different messages and it's very broad, but if you uh, if you had to summarise it to somebody who doesn't know much about Sekiro, what would you say it is? Uh, the, the thing which comes to my mind would be um, the Naam Japna, Kirtkana, Kirtkarna and Vankeshakna. So Naam Japna means um, to remember God 
um, not just physically seeing it, which is very important, but also spiritually seeing it within your mind and seeing God within everyone. So Nam Japna is remembering there's God inside of everyone and treating them um, yeah, with the respect. Um, and then Kirtkarna, so your whole principles in life um, uh, should be also reflected in uh, the type of job you do and also uh, how you deal with the people in your job so um, and then Vandake Shakna so whatever you have uh, you must share uh, whether that's uh, financial um, spiritual um, anything you can give to other people uh, which could be a benefit of them you should do it uh, without question mm. and without uh, any uh, seeking any gain from it so those are the three main kind of principles but along with that how important is taking Amrit because you can do those three things and you can live your life with them but Amrit is also there and then people debate oh do I need to take Amrit if I'm doing these things mm-hmm. yeah. uh, the only thing I would say on that obviously uh, when I've listened to many people about Katha and Amrit and uh, should we do it should, should there be debate um, I would ask anyone who is of uh, who uh, puts them in the puts themselves in the category of uh, I'm a Sikh or I'm born into a Sikh family uh, everyone should know who the sixth person is who took Amrit and the sixth person is who took Amrit is Guru Gobind Singh Ji so if Guru Gobind Singh say, says that if he has asked the Panj Piyade, um bless me with this Amrit then how can we question should we take Amrit or not the Guru has already give us that example that if he's asking for the blessing which we are now sometimes uh, saying oh should we have it should we not have it and then our we've missed the whole point so the sixth person of the Amr Sanjad the, the on that day in Basaki uh, should be uh, you know sh- shouldn't be forgotten um, by you know if we're talking about or uh, discussing the fact or should we take Amrit should we not take Amrit it starts from taking Amrit and it can only progress from that point onwards otherwise like you say people can do good things in their life um, but the Guru's way the only way for a Sikh to get closer to God is through the Guru and the Guru's way of life is only given from the start of that um Trying to think of an English word. Mm. You can say Punjabi as well. The, the, the Punjabi word is Dakla, which is basically um, an admission into um, like a college or mm-hmm. a work or whatever. Um, but the, the, Guru's, the Guru's way to enter um, the Sikh way of life is through Amrit Sanchar and no other way. There's no other way. You, you must take Amrit. Uh, to say that you're a Sikh of the Guru and Guru uh, Amar Das Ji as well his Sakhi rings to my mind uh, when um, when he went to 
um, uh, take pilgrimages many times. I think he was on his twentieth pilgrimage, uh, to, um, uh, a so called sacred place. Um, and when he was asked by one of his uh, a, a person who had travelled with him, um, he he asked. Uh, this is also who is your guru, and this is uh, this this is before Guru Amardasji was the guru. Uh, he he says, "Oh, I haven't taken I haven't taken any guru, uh, on board, and when that person who stayed who stayed with um Baba Amardasji at that time, when he heard that." He says, I shouldn't even take any water from you, let alone have any company with you because you haven't taken any um, sikhia from a guru. And for, I believe, a few nights, Baba Mridasji couldn't sleep because he had heard that he was a nigura. Nigura means without a guru, without any guidance. And if we can say that, oh, well, you know... Um, uh, uh, we are also nigura unless we take amrit. We might look like a Sikh, in the uh, in the form of a person who looks like a Sikh born into a Sikh family, but without taking amrit, um, it, um, it's just, um, a, a formality sometimes you could say, or just something where it you you look like a particular group of people, but. You're not actually living the life, or living that um living that life of what you're portraying until you take amrit. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned um how some people look like they're a Sikh, and mm-hmm. one thing that I was thinking about is that even Gobind Rai took amrit to become Guru Gobind Singh. And a lot of people, obviously now, as soon as you're born on your birth certificate, you become Singh. Or core, and um, a lot of people wear that name quite proudly. But even Guru Gobind Singh Ji had to take Amrit to get the name Singh, and you see a lot of people who have the name Singh, but they're not doing actions of a Singh. And how can we can we deal with that, or is that something that we just got like agree? Because there's a a YouTuber called Lily Singh and she isn't into Sikhia as far as I'm aware at all. She cuts her hair, drinks, eats meat. She's a big a big person in like the media. So people know of her and they see the name Singh but they don't she doesn't reflect the actions of someone who's a Singh. First thing is uh, a woman can't be called Singh. Um so obviously even the people who have given other name sing or, or unaware of who should be taking the name of a sing and who should be taking the name of uh, God. So any Sikh woman should only have the name of God behind uh, her first name and any Sikh man should only have a sing behind his name. Um, and that's given, we can say by birth, we can say yes, we're born into a Sikh family um, but again, it goes back to um, that might be your family name. Um, sometimes people take, um, but when you take Amrit uh, after 
uh, you're actually given the blessing of Amrit. The Panchbiaris tell you that uh, whatever previous names you had are void. Now, the only name you should have is Singh or God, and that's only after you take Amrit. So when people go around with names, uh, and even people who have names of Singh and God, it's so widespread now, uh, we wouldn't be able to stop it, even after having this discussion. Um, I think it's more important to educate people and make people aware of the facts of um, what a, a Sikh should do in the day-to-day life. Uh, and those things um, would um, sort themselves out, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, <laughs> so, obviously we in Agadwada there's a Punjabi class that we do every week. So, and you teach there as well. So, how important do you think learning Punjabi is to a Sikh? Uh, again, it's uh, um something which I feel very very strongly about, um as our part is in the Gurmukhi font, um. Uh, pronunciation will be very hard for someone who hasn't got a grasp of Punjabi speaking um, and um, uh, anyone who tries to take a language up um, whether that's at school level um, college or university level uh, until they start speaking the language and conversing with other people in that language they won't they won't be able to pick out um, certain fine points in that particular language until they converse and until they can converse to a reasonable level and getting a feel for that language. And I feel very important that the, the feel of the part uh, comes from the language as well. Um, but Guruji... Um, has not just used one language in Gurbani, he's used many, many languages um, so that we don't feel um, one language is better than the other. But the feel for that language, um, uh, for many English-speaking people, can be almost like a disconnect. It can feel that it's almost like alien to them. So if, if we start speaking Russian today, to each other it, we wouldn't understand each other one two uh, we wouldn't feel any um, particular um, pull towards that language because we don't know what it means and unfortunately if we don't have a reason behind what we should be doing uh, for BART or for any other language what we'll find is we'll end up having a disconnect so if we don't have that Punjabi um, speaking and that uh, and not knowing how to read Punjabi, read Bart and have a feel for that uh, language, we won't get um, the full message through. Okay, so I remember you telling us that you also, one of the main reasons that you got married in India 
was so that you'd have somebody who speaks Punjabi. So one, you could learn how to speak Punjabi well, and also so that we kids would know how to speak Punjabi too. Yeah, um, someone who advised us uh, before I got married said you should go to India to get married um, because I was fussy. Uh, but also um, it meant that my children would grow up with their mother tongue and uh, it was one of the best decisions I've made in my whole life uh, to go to India to get married as I knew that I couldn't speak Punjabi but I knew that I was determined to learn Punjabi uh, I knew how to read part uh, recognising letters and lagamatras but the, the feeling I had after I started understanding um, some of the part um, was it was almost like mind blown just one particular word which I can remember even now uh, I'd been in India for about three months I come back and during that time I was I had no real interaction with any person I had to speak Punjabi day in day out and I loved it I also was learning so many new words but then when I come to read Bart or Serge Bart um, the word na which means no is just um, it was when it came up in the part it it meant so much more be, it, although I had read it before it actually meant something and it just means no but when you read in that same um, line of Gurbani it, it meant so much more than I knew until I started reading part and knowing the language it didn't make as much sense so did you also find that it helped you be able to communicate with people I know that you said um, with Bibbiji you never really were able to speak to her much before because obviously you just spoke Punjabi mm-hmm. yeah I'd, um, basically w- what we used to do when we were kids uh, we used to say the bare minimum to any of our elders who we knew could only speak Punjabi and we'd almost like shy away sometimes even run away knowing that we can't speak so then why do we want to be in the presence of people we can't communicate with And then once we, once I started to speak Punjabi, uh, and I knew my Bebe and my Boaji from a completely different uh, angle uh, and a more, a more character came out of knowing that language and understanding the language of how my Bebe used to speak and what she meant, uh, how my Boaji speak. Uh, spoke all because of knowing the language and had I not known that language I wouldn't be able to converse uh, with so many people there were so many things I wouldn't be able to do today um, just you know mm-hmm. uh, listening to you know uh, Gatha it wouldn't make the same sense as it does like even today you're in, uh, trying to develop and trying to improve me vocabulary I listen to other people who can read and um, explain Qatar. Um, so that helps me and it reminds me as well that if, if I didn't do that thing of getting married in India 25 years ago, I don't know where I'd be in my Sikhi today.
today and I might have thought well that'll be okay it'll be fine and I can just get along get plod or not uh, you know uh, get by um, but knowing that um, I, I'm at the time I didn't know it was have it was going to have such an impact um, in in our day-to-day lives today we've just come back from India and even that like I remember when we were younger even on the phone sometimes now we don't want to speak because obviously on the phone is sometimes bad connection you can't really understand what you're saying you're scared you're going to say something wrong so you avoid speaking but this time that we just went Punjabi is such a language that like it everything just has so much more meaning <laughs> yeah, it has. A, uh, you get to have a feel and you have a connection mm. with that person because of the way they speak. Uh, sometimes what will happen is when you try to translate a language into your mother tongue or vice versa, it won't sound the same. It won't mean the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. So, um, you know the actual feel for that language is only felt in that language. It's not. It's not felt in translation. So if you were to translate uh, something which might have been quite funny at the time in India um, and you translate it and try and tell someone who is only able to understand English, they'll look at you and think, I don't know what you mean. I, don't, I haven't got a feel for what you're trying to say because you might be trans- translating it correctly, but it won't have the same yeah, feel. Yeah. It's the same. Even if, even if you're angry, like I know my sister does this, Mankira, when she gets angry, she doesn't speak in English, she starts speaking in Punjabi because the words and the passion that you can use in Punjabi, you just can't get them in English and it's just got a different meaning to it. It has got a different meaning, but it's because she has that, uh, she, she, uh, she feels that there's a, a, a difference, um, she has a different thought process when she's maybe angry and she's, uh, she's feeling something uh, and she, the way she would express herself would be in Punjabi as opposed to an English way of being angry. <laughs> okay, so... Yeah, so, okay, the next question was, um, we've just been to India. We went to the Gadwara, went to Dribasa, we went to a lot of different places. We've seen a lot of Sikhs there as well. How do you think being in that kind of environment influenced your Sikhi there? It, it makes you feel uh, a sense of belonging, um, a sense of um, connection. Uh, this is, you know, if, because when, when we're in the minority in the UK, um, sometimes you can feel um, s- slightly maybe vulnerable or slightly um, uneasy. Uh, when you're walking around but in India um, it had a different feel um, and I know India is not perfect for Sikhs uh, but there was a there was a there's definitely a, a, a sense of more belonging in India um, because of uh, the religious heritage hmm. um, compared with the UK definitely and even the Gurdwara when you go to uh, like we went to Dukhnavaran Sahib and even just seeing so many Sikhs uh, seeing the size of the Gadwara, uh, you just think like Sikhi is so much bigger than just 
one Sangat, like in Agadvara, our Sangat's quite small. We're quite close together. We know pretty much everyone who comes to the Gadvara. We speak quite well. But when you go to there, there's a there's kind of like a. You're on such a small, much smaller scale than you think. It's like it humbles you almost to see so many other Sikhs about all doing so well in their earth, all um, with one focus of Guru Granth Sahib Ji. Mm-hmm. It does have a, a bigger impact on, um, because you, you see people of the same uh, ilk, mm. uh, rather than every, and every now and again you might see some Sikhs in the UK, um, at different places, um, but it doesn't have the same feel. Mm. And the final question that I've got is, how did you find when we used to do the search part, all all of us together, every day would do a little bit? How did you find that? Very nice, uh, very inspiring, knowing that we would come together for some part of the day uh, to read together. Hmm. It was every single day, for, I think it was like three, four years. We do it didn't make a difference like where we were, what we didn't. Yeah, I remember even going on trips sometimes and I was staying there overnight and I'd have, I'd do my part there and I'd ring you and it'd be like, Okay, I've did this part, you are doing you are gonna do this trouble today. But it was it, it's because that that's what the guru wants us to do. Um uh, to talk about part, read part, together, have discussions, have um that understanding behind the part. And that's the whole idea of that connection. And how how do you find family life? How important do you think family life is in, is within Sikhi? It's it's an integral part of, uh, the Sikh faith. It's something which, uh, can't be separated from Sikhi, um, the whole ethos behind it is, uh, in this in the Sikh way of life, Sikhs must get married, uh. Um, and they have to live within a social um, uh, a, a, a social setting so they can't be you know separate from society uh, that's part and parcel and um, strains on your spiritual um, well-being is part of um, uh, sequel life okay so the that's all for this episode. Thank you for um, obviously talking about your own experience. And hopefully we'll <laughs> be doing another episode at some point too. Bye, Guruji Ka Khalsa. Bye, Guruji Ka Khalsa.